Welcome to the Mining Your Business podcast, show all about process mining, data science, and advanced business analytics. I am Patrick. With me, as always, Jakub. How are you doing today, Jakub? I'm doing quite well, Patrick. Thanks. Today's episode is all about project management, why you need it, and who needs to know. Joining us today is John Melendick from JPM Solutions. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of our podcast, Mining Your Business. We hope you had fun with the previous seven episodes and that uh, our podcast is giving you much of a value that we really strive for. And uh, in today's episode, we actually have another special guest. Uh, it's someone who we worked together on project before. And uh, I'm very, very happy to introduce you, uh, John Melendik. John, hi. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, we're very excited. Yeah, me too. Looking forward to this, uh, to this conversation about a topic I know uh, we, we love. Uh, that's what we have in common. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, uh, as I mentioned, we, we already know each other. We work together on a project. And uh, before we go into some details and about your relationship to process mining, can you maybe introduce yourself to, to us and to our, our, uh, our listeners? Yes, of course. Um, hello, all. Uh, my name is uh, John Mellendijk. I'm Dutch. I'm 54 years old. Um, I'm a freelance uh, consultant, uh, mostly uh, within the domain of uh, governance, risk and compliance, but also in strategy and uh, business control um, and from different roles. So uh, from an expert role or a project manager role or an uh, interim role. But uh, the way um, I got familiar with uh, Process End and Jakob and Process Mining was uh, related to my role as a project manager. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for uh, somebody, sorry, let, let me jump in here. So um, you mentioned a lot of things in your career. So. Um, what do you actually, because I mean, I, I understand these, these terms and everything, but what do you actually consult on and what is the actual um, content of the things that you consult on? Yeah, it's on um, a good question, Patrick. It's on uh, auditing, risk management, internal control, uh, strategy deployment, um, like I mentioned, business control. And there, it's sometimes I provide advices when there is a problem or when people are seeking for a kind of a breakthrough or uh, try to organize something new uh, or introduce something new. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's also uh, filling a gap when uh, people uh, have left the company or got ill or whatever, step in those uh, shoes and try to uh, do my best to uh, continue what, uh, yeah, uh, the the team uh, that I'm supporting is doing, uh, but also, yeah, what I mentioned, uh, providing advices, uh, which can um, vary from strategic advices to more uh, technical operational advices, uh, and also really hands-on work, uh, building control frameworks or uh, setting up policies uh, and so forth and so forth. This is what I did uh, and do um, Mostly for a very for the larger companies uh, in the banking industry, energy industry, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but also for uh, yeah uh, companies like uh, transportation companies and so forth. So it's mm-hmm. very 
broad range of uh, roles and activities, but also uh, a broad variety of uh, customers, but always within the domain of uh, governance, risk, and uh, compliance. Um, and one, uh, yeah, one thing that I did in the past and currently also doing, which is closely related to uh, um, process mining, and that is how I got uh, connected with process mining, is that I help uh, companies also with uh, topics like uh, continuous control monitoring and uh, continuous auditing, which is not mm-hmm. the same, but it's near to. And this is how I actually uh, yeah, um, uh, got uh, yeah, um, uh, acquainted with uh, process mining. John, uh, this is uh, uh, before we even get to process mining. I actually found most interesting when uh, looking into your profile on LinkedIn and everything on your career history. So you used to work as a full-time employee for a relatively long time in a, in a big companies, working in a internal audit and risk management and everything. Mm-hmm. And now you're actually working as a freelance, uh, which yeah. I found very intriguing and very uh, very interesting as. Uh, I can imagine that getting as a freelancer into big corporations and helping them organize themselves and setting up the processes and everything can be quite challenging. Uh, how do you look at this and how did you even get into the position that you can do this as a freelance? Um, well, first of all, um, um, from, let's say, a permanent position to a freelance position uh, was indeed uh, quite a challenge. Uh, and I did this also in a point in time that it was not, well, let's say, very usual because of, let's say, uh, economic situations. Uh, you have to know that as a freelancer, you have to, let's say, also assurance yourselves and uh, yeah, organize everything for yourselves. But uh, what I discovered is that uh, going from one to another customer, working in different environments with different people, working on different topics, um, enriched myself and enriches myself uh, from let's say personal development uh, perspective knowing that there is actually no single truth uh, there is no single solution uh, and well um, this is the this is a kind of a present uh, that i want to give me uh, myself that's why uh, that's how i explain um yeah uh, as often as possible and also fine for people, uh, let's say, being a uh, lifetime employee for uh, for one company, uh, of employee for one company. But yeah, for me, I, I found out that uh, going from one to another uh, company, different teams, uh, that is, uh, yeah, gives me a lot of energy. And um, how to get there, with it, uh, to get in those uh, big companies as a single person company, uh, which I am, is oftentimes via my own, let's say, um, social network, uh, yeah, yeah. You mentioned already I worked for 25 years at uh, different uh, organizations and there, uh, because of that I know a lot of people. Um, the Netherlands is a small country, so uh, oftentimes you know uh, people uh, and where they work. <laughs> and uh, this is how you get there. And sometimes you need a man in the middle, especially for the very big companies. And they, yeah, also because of the administrative burden that they uh, don't want. Uh, they uh, require uh, being, uh, let's say, hired by an, uh, a man in the middle, which is also fine for me. Yeah. So you, you're in new um, industries, you're in working for new companies, and you're learning a lot. Um, is there something that is super different to working as a full-time employee, to working as a freelancer? What do you think are the biggest changes or differences? And what are the biggest drawbacks to working as a freelancer? 
the biggest change is that there is no routine actually um, and you have to uh, rely on uh, yourself but also uh, even more that's how, how I uh, see this uh, use uh, experience and expertise from the people around don't try to be the best in class but uh, get the best out of the people that you're working with uh, that is actually my challenge uh, also good for you to know i'm i'm not even a technical guy and uh, talking about uh, <laughs> process finding to you uh, working with scientists analysts and it experts try to understand their language um, but i think uh, yeah that, that was not necessary in my position uh, the biggest drawback is that you sometimes can feel uh, very lonely uh, when you want to, let's say, uh, have a peer check or, uh, or whatever. But then again, um, I can use my uh, social network and the people that I know, uh, uh, also the, yeah, the, the, my formal network, so to say, from uh, prior co-workers that I used to, to, to do some uh, sounding about ideas uh, and uh, well if you're so sometimes a little bit uh, insecure about something uh, yeah that might be uh, a little bit uh, difficult and also in some situations you keep feeling that you are not one of the guys uh, but i must admit that uh, in most inter instances the most for most assignments that i did i feel re i felt really welcome and uh, sometimes uh, almost forgot that i was yeah, not an internal person and a permanent person so i'd say yeah uh john just uh for your information when we call ourselves data scientists uh take it with a grain of salt we do like calling ourselves <laughs> that but uh, honestly we are very far from that yeah i know i know that is, uh, this is uh, much more for you that's what i understood from uh, prior episodes uh, a kind of um, uh, it's not a selling trick but it, it is a nice way to brand it, it, you, uh, you call it an, uh, a scientist or an uh, Sherlock Holmes said that's what you called it, Patrick, I guess. Eh? Uh, I did, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, this is difficult to explain to other people uh, what you do, and uh, especially when it comes to this topic. Uh, but yeah, uh, with some nice parallels or metaphors, it's always, yeah. Uh, yeah, I managed to explain what we do. True. Uh, but moving on, uh, we know we have a limited time with you today only, so let's use it wisely. Uh, I actually would like to, before we um, merge into process mining, since you have such a long experience in uh, business uh, management and business consulting and so on, uh, how do you see the change? So you said your career already lasts for 25 to 30 years. Uh, where do you see the changes? Like uh, if you compare yourself to when you were starting an audit and what the auditing departments are doing now, especially with tools like Celonis and uh, yeah. actually leveraging the process mining technologies uh where do you see the major change uh actually the the, the major change especially uh, when i look back uh, let's say uh, multiple years uh, to the beginning of uh, my career as an auditor uh, a lot of work was done manually uh, a lot of interviews were held um, well, and actually even though you did your best uh, and tried hard um, you you yeah, it was very difficult to come even close to the truth about how uh, processes run, how things are done, uh, and so forth. So um, a lot of manual things, uh, uh, very less usage of uh, uh, data science technologies. Um, later on, uh, we did. Uh, I know uh, we used some, let's say, 
um, systems and software to uh, to track and trace uh, incidents uh, within uh, the company that I uh, worked with. But yeah, what I mentioned, it was mostly manually done. And so it also meant uh, uh, it was inefficient and it was a lucky shot if you discovered something that went wrong. Um, and uh, sometimes also very hard to convince, let's say, uh, auditees from something went wrong and also about the severity of it because it was uh, hard to substantiate uh, uh, the issue that was discovered. Later on, with using um, uh, data analytics and uh, process mining techniques, uh, if I compare to now, let's say uh, to my uh, uh, to the beginning of my career, now we can uh, show what went wrong and not only uh, what went wrong, but also the magnitude of it uh, in terms of frequency and and uh, severity and so forth. And which means that the persuasiveness of uh, your findings is much stronger, uh, also meaning that the willingness to accept and to change and to repair is much higher. So uh, this means that there is a big shift in the discussion about whether or not an observation is correct to, uh, well, there's no doubt about the observation. Let's discuss about uh, the solution. So it's much more um prospective than uh trying to uh let's say fight the finding uh to get it out of a report and uh to move on so i think that is a big big gain of uh, these technologies uh, that are now available these times mm-hmm. um do you think that the transition from manual to a more technologically based um auditing is that a slow transition was it more seen as a thank God we finally have these systems to do this work for us, or was it more difficult trusting these systems and this code all behind yeah. it in the first place? Yeah, yeah, it's also, sometimes it's a, it can, um, sometimes it's an accelerator. Um, when you see that you uh, are being faced with a, with a certain challenge, uh, like for instance, in the recent uh, days, uh, COVID, and we can, uh, show, let's say, uh, we can provide insights uh, that is uh, harder to get with, uh, let's say, the, the, the conventional work, uh, then it can be used as an uh, accelerator using these techniques. But um, from the other hand, what I also discovered in the project uh, we did together with uh, Process N is that it, first you have to find someone who believes uh, in uh, using the tool and uh, who is willing to let's say, uh, first spend and then uh, get the revenues instead of yeah, trying to uh, uh, having fleshed out with um, yeah, until, let's say, the, the last detail, what it will bring. Uh, you have to have someone who believes. And um, it, it helps that, that you uh, see, for example, that within an audit department or a risk management department, they already use some type of data analytics. And then discussing with them what are the, what are the let's say the ambitions that you have with this? Uh, what is your uh, step? What is your next step? And also, what are the um, uh, constraints that you are facing? What is the problem? What is the problems that you are facing uh, with uh, using the techniques that you have now? And perhaps uh, mining can be a solution for that. And that was also uh, what we discovered in the in, in my last project uh, that we could help with some uh, some things that uh, people were struggling with. So yes, uh, uh, sometimes it can be uh, very quick, but 
oftentimes it is it needs a little bit more runway to uh, yeah to get accepted. You touched a very uh, very interesting topic here, and you said that the departments uh, that you worked for or that you are working with are uh, very often already using some other business analytics tools. Uh, my question now would be: How do these, uh, like a normal or other business analytics tool, differ from the actual process mining technology? Uh, can you even compare those two? And uh, do they still have a place in such a project? Yeah, what. It's also um, one of the challenges that I had in uh, my last project that I have to, let's say, uh, we already do, uh, let's say, uh, we already have uh, Power BI in place and we already have uh, some other analysis in place and so forth and so forth. But you you need to step away from uh, the idea that these are competing tools or solutions uh, it, you have to look through another lens uh, meaning these can be complementary uh, because one tool can be perfect for one situation and uh, the other for the other but it's really really important uh, to let's say create a kind of a uh, decision tool tree or whatever to say for for this problem uh, we apply this solution for that problem we or for this question we apply this uh, uh, solution and when you compare process mining to let's say uh, the other ones like um, uh, data analytics Power BI mm-hmm. um, continuous control monitoring with uh, certain tools that we know that that the the biggest yeah difference is uh, differences uh, are I think first. Uh, within uh, or whether you uh, process mining tool, uh, you are much more uh, positioned to conquer very complex uh, information requests. Um, what I uh, what I learned about, for example, continuous control monitoring, with also very sophisticated tools, but this is limited by, for example, the number of uh, business rules that you can uh, can apply or the complexity of those. Uh, and with uh, process mining, you can go beyond uh, those limits. And uh, where it comes to, let's say, more uh, conventional um, uh, um, analysis tools, uh, it's it's uh, what I like about process mining is that you can put your information in the context of the entire process. And if there is something wrong, it, it not only only tells you, hey, this result uh, differs from what we expected, but you're also Enable to drill down and to find root causes, uh, and uh, yeah, what I mentioned to put it in perspective of the entire process. So uh, that is, I think, uh, one of a very big um, advantage of using uh, mining. And of course, also uh, if you look to the the the, the yeah, currently oftentimes used uh, analysis, yeah, what I mentioned briefly before, uh, all those. Uh, tools and reports that you get oftentimes tell what happened, what went uh, wrong. Sometimes it uh, tells you uh, what will happen, so more predictive analysis. Uh, but what should happen, and even uh, one step beyond uh, um, stepping into the domain of artificial intelligence, I think uh, process mining is, let's say, the the portal, the the entry for them for the, for those, which is yeah not not uh, applicable, up to my opinion, for the other tools. Oh, fair. That's a that's a nice way of putting it. Um, 
So as we've already started speaking about process mining, you also mentioned that uh, your last project was a process mining project. So um, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about your last project and kind of see how it went. So first question, what was your role in the project? You know, uh, were you only at the end of the project? Were you in the initial implementation at the, at the planning of it? Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your project? Yeah, actually, it was what I did in the end was an, uh, a project that uh, was initiated to go for a real life uh, implementation of uh, process mining. And before that, <laughs> sorry, I was uh, the project manager of a pilot project. Um, uh, that was suffering, to start with that one, that was suffering on um, a goal guidance and especially about uh, that was suffering with the fact that that's also a learning. Let me put it in another way. Uh, just, uh, usually uh, what you expect with a process mining project, uh, that one, one of the most common things is that you try to apply this uh, tool for, let's say, process discovery. So finding out uh, the real life behavior of your processes, but this is this was completely different uh, in my first project where the tool was um, introduced for conformance checking and as we did do analytics uh, for a very small audience, uh, and yeah, it was difficult to connect with other stakeholders. Um, it was initiated from risk management, but it was it was difficult to connect, for example, with uh, with audit or with process management and with the business itself. Um, also, because we were not using the full potential of the two. So, um, but even though we did not, we could show, let's say, some benefits of using process mining. And the moment that we went for, let's say, full uh, full fledged deployment, and also looking at uh, in first place, process discovery um, uh, possibilities and, and uh, the gains of that. Uh, then we started to fly a little bit uh, faster than we did before. Um, uh, so I was uh, coming back to your uh, question. I was a, <laughs> I was a project project manager in both uh, cases. Like I mentioned in the beginning, I'm not a technical guy, uh, but I try to. Um, to bridge uh, between the different uh, departments that uh, probably could benefit from process mining, even that they uh, sometimes did not know themselves yet. So I tried to connect those departments, but I also tried to connect, uh, and that's what I did, uh, the experts involved. So the data scientists, analysts, uh, IT department, people that know source systems well to know where to find the data, but also the experts from the business and the experts from audit and, uh, and risk management. Did, so I tried to connect and then try to, um, let's say, uh, streamline the energy of uh, the team towards an, a common goal. Uh, and also, for example, create a common wish list of things that they wanted to see uh, separate from uh, having uh, everyone uh, yeah, using their own tools and, and, uh, and own analytics and so forth. So I tried to streamline, I tried to bridge, I tried to connect. And I try. Uh, what I try to do is the best for the for the client, of course. But uh, to 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 show uh, the benefits from uh, using process mining uh, in a, a quite a challenging environment. So you are essentially some kind of a glue that's trying to put all the pieces together in a process mining initiative, which is yeah, indeed, and try to manage expectations. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I what I did. Uh, also very important, and this is also something that I want to share with others, 
uh, I want to make sure that people uh, understood that process mining is not simply a, uh, let's say, a technical implementation of a certain tool. Mm -hmm. uh, you definitely, you definitely have to look beyond uh, when you want to be successful and when you want to reap uh, sustainable results. Meaning that uh, there were enough people in the project that uh, looked uh, from the topic from a technical side. So getting the system in place, uh, getting um, the data source connected uh, to uh, to the process mining tool, uh, and so forth, and so forth. But you all also have to make sure that the organization is ready and that the people are ready and that data is ready. And data mm -hmm. is ready, for example, take uh, enough time. Sorry. No, go on. Sorry, John. <laughs> uh, it is so much more than a, a technical implementation. It is uh, what I did. I created a team, like a kind of a product team that worked together on a backlog, uh, worked together on selling uh, process mining, that worked together on uh, uh, serving the customer. Uh, yeah. And that, but also worked together on. Um, developing processes like uh, how what is the process for building a data model what is the process for maintaining a data model uh, what is the process for uh, deciding what to do first or, uh, or next where it comes to the items in the backlog uh, and so forth so that is organizational readiness which actually uh, the idea behind is that i want to anchor process mining in the let's say dna of the company uh, instead of a one-day fly um, and then from a people uh, perspective, people readiness perspective, I wanted to ascertain that the tool and results are accepted. So you have to train, you have to uh, explain uh, to people uh, what process mining is and what it can bring and also what it is not. Um, and then data readiness, uh, like I mentioned, uh, creating a data model, but especially validating the data model so that also the results are ex uh, accepted and understood. Uh, you have to yeah, you have to um, allocate enough time for that. So to overcome the risk that you think uh, this is a technical um, challenge and a technical uh, solution only, switch on, switch off, which is not. And this is something that you mm -hmm. carefully have to uh, discover, so of, um, um, consider. So it's not only about the technical readiness, it's also about the... Uh, organizational people and uh, system ready uh, the data readiness uh john knowing what you know now uh would you define some kind of a framework which you would use for uh working on such a process mining project and let's put aside the technical perspective completely we will be definitely covering it in other episodes uh how to connect to the system and everything but uh, so you are the project manager, so you are kind of uh, making sure that everything goes smoothly and you're connecting all the parties. Uh, since you have now a very good experience with this, how would you uh, proceed on doing that with, uh, let's say, a new project? If you had a new customer who was uh, in front of the similar challenge as your last one, how would you proceed? Uh, actually, I would first try to... Um... Yeah, a few things, uh, like, for example, uh, but this is uh, self-evident, finding a sponsor at uh, a senior, at least, uh, ideally at the executive level, uh, someone who believes, mm -hmm. uh, and then um, create a team of uh, enthusiastic uh, people uh, from uh, uh, different disciplines, uh, uh, like I mentioned before, so technical guys, uh, business guys, and, and so forth. 
But most important, I guess, is that's also what I did with that team that struggled uh, during the pilot. Uh, so this is what I did for the for the bigger project. First, uh, I created a kind of a business canvas. Who are our customers? What are their needs? How do we fulfill their needs with the tool? Um, how does the organization look like? Uh, what it will cost for them? So managing expectation and also trying to sell and focus uh, uh, energy also to make sure that everyone in the team uh, has the same understanding about uh, what you are doing, for whom you are doing it, uh, what you are delivering it, and what you are delivering, what can be expected and what, would, uh, what it will cost. So having a complete crystal clear understanding about uh, what you deliver for whom and uh, how and what it will cost. So the, uh, kind of a business canvas uh, model I created. And then, um, uh, make sure one person uh, can act like a kind of a, uh, what, what I mentioned, a product owner. Uh, oftentimes you see this in uh, Scrum teams and so forth, but someone who can make decisions, uh, what to do, what to do not, uh, what to uh, put first, and also someone who is in close contact with the senior level uh, to, uh, to get those uh, not only informed, but especially involved. So you also have someone, you need someone in that team with enough, uh, let's say, stroking power uh, on a senior level. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah, find someone who you can help um, make baby steps, but uh, yeah, find someone who you can make enth- enthusiastic about, not, not so much the tool, but the, what it can bring, so the results. Uh, and then from there on, trying to uh, yeah, make a next step. Um, and- you men- Sorry, um, you mentioned that you need a... a- enthusiastic team to start this project with is do you think it is difficult to find enthusiastic people about process mining or is it that people just don't really quite understand what it is or do they have a full-on understanding and are they ready set go well actually it's it is uh related to two things i think a typical human behavior uh uh yeah People by nature, uh, not everyone is, uh, let's say, willing to change, but there is always uh, people that oftentimes are referred to as early adopters and the curious people uh, that find, uh, that want to push the boundaries or look beyond uh, beyond, uh, boundaries. Uh, I think you need those kind of people or at least that energy in the team. Um, And the other thing is, um, and that's also what I uh, oftentimes explain, it is difficult to sell a plane uh, to someone who has not seen a plane uh, ever in his life or her life. So, Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, first you, may, you, you, you should show a plane. This is what it is, uh, but not only the plane, <clears throat> so not only the tool, but this is what it can bring. So it can bring you to uh, places you've never been before in a quite, let's say, uh, short time period. Uh, um, uh, short time, uh, uh, but it also um, is quite safe to go uh, compared to traveling with a car, for example. Um, and this is how you need to explain process mining in a more, let's say, understandable way uh, within uh, yeah the environment that you are. Uh, do not try to step into the technical stuff, which is easy if you're not a technical guy, but still uh, it is difficult to explain uh, what it can bring if people have haven't a clue about uh, what it is and to be honest i know uh, i listen to your podcasts uh, and the same applies for me 
looking back two years uh, from uh, from here, I also only heard of process mining, but I never saw it uh, being used in uh, in practice. Um, um, being uh, let's say rolled in this uh, topic more let's say uh, by a coincidence than uh, really planned. I learned about it, and during the flight, during my journey, I got more and more enthusiastic, uh, which enabled me, uh, let's say, not only later in time to explain and to um, to demonstrate benefits. Uh, but it started with curiosity, and yeah, like I mentioned, uh, coming back to my first que- uh, answer, is that you need people that uh, want to uh, look beyond uh, conventional techniques and uh, solutions and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, if we go into the trenches of the uh, actual plan and the framework that you laid uh, down here, and we focus on the execution of the the project so that it goes well and so that the user adoption uh, is actually uh, happening as you would like to, are there any any events or how do you actually go about to ensure that the adoption of the users uh, progresses well? Because on one thing, it's nice to have plan and the governance model. That's, I think, you cannot move without that. But then the execution sometimes lags behind the governance. So how do you go about this? Um, Acceptance is all about, I guess, um, involving, explaining, uh, experiencing. Also, not to be afraid to... uh, uh, to not go for the single uh, for the golden solution at one shot. Um, carefully listen uh, what people need in terms of uh, information, what they are looking for. Try to solve a problem, and if you're successful with that, even uh, if it's really small, uh, build from there. It is all about uh, acceptance, uh, meaning getting people acquainted, demonstrating uh, what we did also. Uh, during my last project together with you and also with the software supplier we organized uh, workshops uh, for uh, executives uh, for uh, the, um, uh, the the experts to get acquainted with uh, the the tool and what what you saw and i think you can conquer uh, with me on that uh, but also i hope from other customers is that the moment that you show them, when you show them the plane and what it can do, people get uh, two things. Amazed. Wow. And not even knew uh, that this was possible. Uh, surprised. Uh, wow. I didn't know uh, we did this in this way uh, to this extent. And so, <laughs> and uh, energized uh, that, they, that that is what is also nice to see. Uh, oh, and perhaps we can do this and perhaps we can do that. In other words, uh, try uh, let them uh, define the use cases instead of you defining the use cases for them. Uh, so try to get into the facilitating role as soon as possible, and soon as they have saw the light and saw the uh, let's say possibilities of uh, of the tool. Um, when you're showing people this new plane and uh, its capabilities, um, do you encounter skeptics, people that are unsure and or are completely unwilling to adopt this? And how do you go about uh, dealing with such a person? Uh, Well, you always have um, those persons, and that's also what you have to take into account. And uh, first of all, it's not about blaming. It's what I mentioned. It is natural behavior that people are, let's say, in first instance, perhaps on, uh, well, 
have some doubts or uh, well are not willing to to uh, to go for the full throttle at first place uh, but yeah they that they are hesitant or let's say careful uh, but it, you you have to find out uh, what this might what is what it cause uh, what it's caused by so to say uh, and one of the things that you thoroughly have to take into account is that and, and that comes that is closely connected what I just uh, said to being surprised or overwhelmed uh, process mining provides um, maximum transparency which is from one end perfect uh, then you know where your constraints it and so forth but from another hand uh, people some people uh, let's say are not looking for the transparency and because of different reasons uh, that they um, might found themselves being uncovered or let's say uh, the quality of their work being uh, yeah uncovered in such a way that it is not that good as uh, they tell or whatever so so you have to be very careful with um, you can be very enthusiastic like <laughs> I am uh, and perhaps you are I guess you are about well look what it can bring but uh, what it what it brings also have uh, two sides of the uh, coin and you have to be um, uh, yeah careful and you have to be um, yeah, you, you need to see also uh, the other other person's position. So uh, feel with him, see with him, and try to also for that person uh, find the best way out. And it's easy not to listen to uh, to those people that are not willing to adopt easily, but oftentimes they also have a very uh, important message or uh, something wise that you should consider. So don't also would also be my advice: don't step away from these guys or girls. Uh, listen to them. Uh, speak with them and try to comfort them mm -hmm. uh john so i think we are slowly slowing out of time but i have one question so if we have this uh, process mining tool in place and it's uh, working reasonably well the data is there the data quality is good uh how do you define goals and what kind of goals can you define and do you have a practical uh example or something to show for your work uh if you just give some uh very rough uh explanation of what you achieved in your projects um the, the, there's no single answer on that one uh, Jacob, because there were was uh, in the team that i um that i led it was a multidisciplinary team from audit from mm -hmm. uh, process, uh, process management and also from uh, from risk management for um from every of those three um lenses angles uh we provided or we we what's say gained uh, benefits of use using process mining uh, looking at um, auditing they were uh, better enabled to for example uh, prepare a uh, risk-based uh, data-based audit plan making sure that their resources are allocated uh, in the most efficient way uh, but also what i mentioned uh, before <clears throat> it's about collecting uh, evidence and uh, um, yeah that they are much more let's say better equipped to uh, create an opinion a data a database or a less subjective opinion about uh, how process runs for um for, for risk management in general it was uh, trying to reduce manual work uh, to increase uh, uh, assurance um, moving from snapshots to a mm -hmm. film from a single um let's say uh 
instance uh, check to uh, 24/7. And for uh, process mine, oh sorry, for process management, we help them to uh, specify bottlenecks to speed up uh, the mic, so the f- defining and measuring the the, the constraints that uh, that they had in uh, in the process, uh, uh, meaning coming more swiftly to a solution and to a better uh, situation. So it's it's quite uh, difficult. And what we did also, it's also an advice for people listening. Uh, try to st- we start with something, yeah, that is quite straightforward. For example, uh, a purchase to pay process. Start with a problem. Uh, if you know that there is a problem and that people want to uh, to conquer, to want to solve, it's easier uh, to do it in that way than uh, yeah, uh, trying to uh, to push a, a tool for people that not know that they have a problem. So um, let me just quickly ask you this question. Now, John, why do we need you in a process mining initiative? Why do we need project management? Can't we just build some stuff for some end users? Uh, why do you need it? Is I think uh, it's to to bridge uh, at, at first to uh, to, to connect uh, the different people uh, involved uh, to get all the things uh, streamlined, working in the same direction, uh, putting all the energy in the in the in the right place uh, at the right time. And what I mentioned, uh, having someone there who can ask questions about, hey guys, uh, I'm fine with the technical uh, implementation, but how about the data? How about the organization? How about uh, uh, the people, uh, the stakeholders around us? Uh, If you want, uh, let's say, a sustainable solution that is accepted and also uh, that people um, are willing to, uh, to, to, to adopt and to use, yeah, make sure that it, it goes beyond uh, a technical implementation. Make sure that there is a project manager that uh, can connect and that can bridge. Uh, that's, yeah, that would be my advice. John, and final question. Uh, can we do something as data scientists better to support your work? Um, well, I must admit uh, that in the projects that we worked uh, together in, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the collaboration was uh, yeah, excellent. Uh, you also, uh, also you uh, going beyond actually what I think if you look to what a data scientist or analyst should do, uh, even to go beyond uh, <clears throat> that role, um, safeguarding us from stepping into pitfalls uh, uh, that you knew from other customers or other experiences. Uh, but yeah, also for you, if you could help, let's say a project manager like myself, in uh, stressing the need to not only look at the system and the data, uh, which, come by, uh, which comes by nature perhaps, but also to um, properly embed anchor process mining in the organization and uh, work on the acceptance uh, of people, then you would, help, yeah, you would definitely help me as, an, uh, as a project uh, manager. Uh, and where it comes to data, uh, you know, we had a, and a nasty surprise almost at the end of uh, the project where we were confronted. And this is also, let's say, a uh, something that I want to share with others. Um, also make sure that from the beginning, especially when you're working in German-speaking countries, uh, that you involve uh, Works Council and uh, a data privacy officer from a GDPR perspective. Uh, because 
yeah, you have to comfort them uh, what the tool can do and what the tool is not meant to do and how you, for example, uh, handle uh, the topic of uh, data privacy. Um, yeah, I, I would also advise you uh, to mention this topic from the beginning. Uh, like uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. from the beginning, let's make sure testing uh, the results of testing uh, the data, uh, the data models. So this taken stress, and you did that for uh, definitely for testing the data model. But from the beginning, stress that people should allocate sufficient time for testing and for involving, um, yeah, uh, what I mentioned, uh, work councils and uh, data privacy office to overcome the fact that you, uh, yeah, one minute uh, before uh, or just before the finish, uh, y- you need to do something uh, that, yeah. Like, for example, masking data. Yeah. Um, very, very good point. That can hinder you from going uh, live successfully. Very good point, John. Uh, again, this is something we are dealing with uh, in every project. So it's worth looking into at the beginning. Unfortunately, uh, we will have to cut it uh, very soon. Uh, so, John, when can, where can people find you if they want to work with you? Uh, where would you uh, refer to? They can find me on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, but um, on GPM-solutions. Uh, 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 and uh, yeah, they can, I guess, also reach out to you, Jacob. Uh, you always know, know to find uh, me. Uh, but uh, yeah. it's John Mellendijk, uh, gpm-solutions.nl. Uh, 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 and yeah, that's uh, where you can find me. Excellent. John, uh, thank you very, very much for uh, making a time for us and talking here with us about process mining. I uh, can sense from you that we could uh, have this discussion for not uh, 45 minutes or an hour, but uh, for multiple hours. And hopefully we will find some another, some, uh, another episode in the future where we could invite you again and uh, pr- uh, go on on this discussion. But I'm afraid for today, it will be, that will be it. So for our audience, thank you for listening to us. As usual, you can find us on uh, mindingyourbusinesspodcast.com. Feel free to reach out. We also have an email address, mindingyourbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out uh, and we will be looking forward to another episode in two weeks of time. So uh, John, Patrick, thank you very much for today's episode and uh, talk to you later. Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you, John. 